try everything, allow it time to really see where it goes, but then pivot along the way and be willing to say, that doesn't serve me. That's not for me. I'm going to really focus my energy on this. And that's where we are now is we're focusing, we're doing less, but we're doing less better. Tiffany Lewis is the founder and chief cookie officer of Cookies with Tiffany, a small batch cookie bakery located in Seattle, Washington. Tiffany started her career as a marketing professional, but soon realized her passion for baking could no longer be ignored. After graduating from Le Cordon Bleu and working alongside food greats like Curtis Stone and Giada De Laurentiis, Tiffany returned home to Seattle to just get started with Cookies with Tiffany. Coming up, Tiffany's encouragement to just get started. How to choose the best fulfillment strategy for your business. You'll hear why community is critical when building a brand. And finally, the best way to find tools that will work for you. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters. No limits. And plenty of surprises. So many of us have ideas for businesses, but we often don't start them because we either don't know where to start or we feel like we have to have absolutely everything figured out before we start. And after mentoring so many founders over the years, I've always shared the advice to just get started. So we've created a new segment on our show in partnership with Square for you all to hear the actionable steps that founders have taken when they were ready to turn their idea into a business so you guys can all see that it is possible for you to just get started too. I am so excited to be here with you today, Tiffany, to hear all about your entrepreneurista journey and story. And I know a little bit about the background, but I want to hear it right from you. How did you take that leap to just get started to launch your business? Oh, gosh. Well, thank you. It's so great to be here. I'm so excited to be a part of your community. That's the biggest question, right? Like, how do you begin? When do you begin? When do you know it's the right time to begin? I don't necessarily know that there's ever a right time to begin. You Clearly, you have to do your due diligence and make sure you've ran your numbers. You talk to people that are smarter than you in different areas of you know, legal and this and accounting, etc. But I think once you've done your due diligence, you just got to get started. You can always wait for tomorrow. You can always wait for next year. You can always wait till the sun comes out. There's so many things you can wait for. But if you get your research done and you feel confident and you're in a situation in a place where you can get started, then get started. And it could be little things, right? It could be figuring out the name of your business. It could be securing your URL. It could be figuring out your logo. I mean, there's so many things that you could do to get started. And that's the fun part too. So have fun with it. Yes, I definitely think the early days are super fun. And when you can be like really creative and you have like all of that gusto to just like go, 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 go and try to get everything done at once. But what were some of the steps that you took in those early days when you were like, all right, now's the time I'm diving in, I'm jumping in, I'm doing it. What were some of those things that you started with? 
Yeah, no. And I had a lot of conversations, right? And so I think the first thing I started with was sitting down with people and asking them, okay, you started the just like what we're doing here, right? Like, what do you recommend? And so I took everybody's idea and then I created a, a path for myself that really made sense. So some of the things is I just sat down and I just wrote a list of things that excited me and things that made me happy. And then I wrote a list of things of like, okay, what are some needs out there? What do we need right now? What's a genuine need that the community needs? And during the time of the pandemic, it was nostalgia, comfort, community, joy. And so that's how I really continued to hone on my business was sitting down and starting to have those really initial conversations with myself and my dog. He's my chief cuteness officer. He's a pretty good listener too. So the two of us sat there and we chatted and you know, it was great. So those were some of the very first things I did is I got a pen and a paper and I started writing and drafting. And then the next day I'd come back and my list would get shorter and more tuned, right? Like I like, that's not really a realistic or that's too big. Let's start smaller. And so it's really just putting that pen on paper. That's where you got to begin. It's all in your head, but write it down and say it out loud, right? Say it out loud. Am I going to do this? And then if it, if it excites you and you smile and you're happy about it and you sleep on it and you wake up happy about it, there's something there, right? There's something there. So just start writing it down. Start putting it out there in the universe and letting it marinate if you may. Absolutely. I know, you know, when Courtney and I first started Social Fly, it kept me up at night in a good way. Like I couldn't stop thinking about it and had so many different ideas. When you first started your business, was the idea that you had what your business actually ended up becoming or did you have a lot of different ideas? That's a great question. Yes. The answer is yes. So the idea was I lost my job during the pandemic and I had to pivot. We all were pivoting, right? We're all like, what are we going to do? And for me, I went back to something that brought me joy and cheer many years before, and it was a cookie. So I knew I wanted to do something with cookies because it's something I genuinely had brought me joy and cheer long ago and something I was craving. But I noticed my community around me was craving that too. And so I knew it had to do with a cookie. I didn't exactly know what that meant. Am I going to have a ton of brick and mortars? Am I going to be only online? Am I going to do farmer's markets and only farmer's markets? Am I going to ship nationally? What is it that I'm going to do? And so I've done a lot of those things with the cookies. We're still talking about cookies. We're still making the most delicious cookies, but it's evolved and we've continued to tailor it down to things that are the most important as well. So we've gotten smarter over the years. We've gotten more strategic over the years. And I'm really excited to say we're still talking about cookies and people love them, which is great. I love it. So you mentioned a few ideas, you know, where are you going to go direct to consumer? Where are we going to sell other places online? Farmers markets? How did you make the decision for where you would ultimately start selling when you first launched? So that's that moment where you're trying to decide what direction you want to go in. You know, you want to talk about cookies. You know, you want to make cookies. You know, you want the best cookie that has the best chew, the best taste, the best looking. I'm tra been training for this with my background in R&D. Like I know this is what I'm going to do is something with cookies. But like what that looks like is a little bit like, hey, I'm going to just see how it goes. I'm going to try everything, test everything, test the market see what people are most excited about, see what I'm most excited about. I mean, I have to do it, right? Like I want to know what I, what I enjoy the most. What do I get the most out of this? Like 
where is that joy where I wake up? I'm like, yes, I get to do this again. So we were in all the farmer's markets and we're like, let's test farmer's markets. So we started with one and now we're in four and we may be in 15 this summer. We opened up a brick and mortar a couple of years after starting. We're like, do we want multiple brick and mortars? I don't know. Let's test it with one. So we did that. We started shipping nationally right away. The first shipments were not very good. The cookies were, you know, they weren't secure. They weren't in packaging. We didn't know how to do it. So our friends and family all across the country got to experience that. We started catering platters. Does it go in a box or on a platter? Do we like to do that? Yes. Wholesale, we started working on that. So we just tested everything. And some have stayed, some have gone away. But that's really how you kind of continue to fine tune your business is just to try everything, allow it time to really see where it goes, but then pivot along the way and be willing to say, that doesn't serve me. That's not for me. I'm going to really focus my energy on this. And that's where we are now is we're focusing, we're doing less, but we're doing less better. Okay. I love that you just shared all of this. And I wish Courtney was here for the recording right now too, because she is like the queen of saying like, less is more, just focus. But you do have to test a lot of these things first to see what things to focus on. Now, what I have, I'm always guilty of, and it's so hard for me because I always have all these ideas and I want to test all of these things. And I want everything to have happened yesterday and do everything at once. But I have learned over the past 11 years, being an entrepreneurista, you can't do every single thing at once, even if you're so excited and you really want to do it all at once because it's not physically possible. So all of the things that you just mentioned, testing, catering, farmer's markets, online, all the things, right? Yes, you've been able to now test all of these different avenues, but my guess is you didn't test them all at once over like two months. You had to do even that in phases. Can you walk me through like which ones you tested first and then how did you make the decision? Okay, this worked, this didn't work. Like what were those KPIs to move forward and uh, launch into it for, for full-time? That's a great question. We did test a lot in the beginning. I would say the bigger things that we tested was just proof of concept. So we wanted people to get their feedback. Did they like our cookies? Do they, did they taste good? Are they comfortable with the price point? If we can tell a story on why the cookies cost what they cost, does that resonate with people? Are they okay paying a premium price for a premium cookie? Do they care about where our butter and vanilla are from? Do they care about the, the eggs that we source and, and all of that? And the answer is yes, they do care about that. So that's kind of the first thing we were testing. And so being able to test that proof of concept, you have to put yourself out there and try a lot of things, right? I can't just go down the street and hand people cookies. You could do that. So to do that, we were out just like shipping cookies to our friends all across the country. So how does a cookie taste once it's traveled cross country and it's taken a few days to get to you? So the shipping started right away. The catering was one of the first things we did was the catering. I'm like, how am I going to package these cookies? How much do I charge for packaging? Because we put cookies in little cello bags with a bow on it and a little cards. It's all personalized. You can put your brand, color, et cetera. And so it's like, do people care about that? How much do I charge for that? And I was doing it all, right? And my dad, my dad was helping, you know, hole punch and cut ribbon and all this. So that was really fun for the two of us. So the catering started right away. The shipping started right away. R&D obviously started right away. Now, I don't think a lot of people know that I actually have a pretty extensive time working in the food industry in Los Angeles, doing R&D for celebrity chefs and working uh, with celebrity chefs on food styling, et cetera. So that part was really fun to me. So 
I would say those are the the main things I started with. And then after a year, I started a farmer's market, just one. And I also started the bake shop about a year and a half later as well. So those were things I layered on. But in the very beginning, for any company, I don't care what you're doing, your your job is to prove your concept, right? The people care about it. And do they come back and listen again, try again, etc.? How did you go about collecting feedback from your customers? Was there an organized process or surveys or was it just based on just anecdotal listening and hearing what people were saying? Sure. And I think there's great tools out there like surveys that you could use. For me, it was just listening and talking. And the biggest proof, I think, was the return of customers. So I would have big corporate companies that would order hundreds of cookies. And when they would reorder that for their team or for themselves, that was all the proof I needed, right? You try it once, you give them a chance. And then you're like, ah, that was really good. You delivered exceptionally. It's a gift you're proud to receive and give. We want to do it again. So I think that in itself really took off. Right from the very beginning, we saw a return on sales as well. So customers are coming back. We were starting to make revenue. We were making money. So all of that was happening so quickly. I, I almost didn't have time to like send out a survey and get a formality behind it. But I think when you start talking to people and you ask questions and you keep your eyes open, right? Look around you, see what's happening. If you see the same customer and you go on Instagram and you're getting more followers and they're sharing with their friends, like there's some really great data out there that you can get for free simply by opening your eyes and listening to everything that's happening around you. So Don't underestimate the power of of listening and watching. So important to listen to your customers and get that feedback. So I love that you shared that. So thank you, Tiffany. Tiffany, talk to me about some of the business tools and solutions that you started using when you first launched. I always say it's never been easier to start a business now because there are so many incredible softwares and tools that are out there that didn't exist 10 plus years ago. And now I think one of the challenges, actually, there's so many amazing tools out there. It's like, how do you pick which one to to actually use? So how did you decide what tools to start using when you first launched? And what are some of the ones that have been really helpful for you in your business? I think a lot of it is you can't go into something pretending that you know everything because you don't. Be humble to that, right? So ask fellow artisans or creators around you, depending on what sphere you operate in, ask them questions like, who are you using for your credit card processing? Oh, you use Square? You use Square? You use Square? I got to use Square. And so you use Square and then you love it. And then almost three years later, three years is August, by the way. So three years later, you're still using Square and you love it. And you're telling the new people that they should use Square. So that's like one example. Other examples is just like, who do you use for you know payroll? Who do you use for uh, scheduling? Who do you use for accounting? And so don't be afraid to ask. I believe that people genuinely want to help one another. That's why you were here and created this amazing platform. That is why I am here with you today, which I'm, I love doing this. And people genuinely want to help. They just need to know what it is you need help with and how they can help you. So that means you just have to ask, right? Just ask, hey, I need help with payroll or whatever. Just a couple months ago at the farmer's market, my neighbor next to me was like, hey, who do you use for scheduling? I'm hiring some new people this summer. And I sat down with him over coffee and I showed him the scheduling platform I use. So there's so many amazing tools out there. 
You could go out there and you could Google everything. But I just think that you should ask your community, ask your peers, ask your people, who are they using, pros, cons, and then determine what's best for you. What works best for you is there's a lot of free uh, things out there too. There's a lot of free scheduling tools, et cetera. So it doesn't have to cost you a lot to be able to run your business efficiently and successfully. So it's just a matter of kind of finding the tools and then putting some time into to learning them and making them work for you. Absolutely. And I would say too, you know, if you try a tool and it doesn't work, like it's okay to try something else as well. And a lot of times when founders ask me, you know, for different recommendations and in our community platform, which Tiffany, you'll get to see soon as well, we have recommending all different types of business tools and solutions. Some of them, a lot of them are tools we've used to grow and scale our business, but our businesses that we've created are service-based businesses. And we have a lot of founders in our community that, you know, are e-commerce businesses and Shopify business. So we then vet all these other tools and, and make recommendations based on what other founders in our community are using as well. And there can be different things to try and it's okay. You know, just because someone says to use something, it's okay to try that and try something else and really figure out like what, what feels right for, for your business. But it's definitely great. Like you said, if you have a question about something, you just have to ask because yes, people want to help. And in our community platform, in the Entrepreneurista League, our founders are always posting in the in search of room, like I'm looking for X, Y, Z, and then people will respond right away and share their recommendations too, which is awesome. It's like instant founder crowdsourcing. I love that. And, it, and it's such a great platform because we all have questions. And as you continue to grow your business, your needs will be greater. You're going to have a greater need for a bigger space, a bigger office, a bigger online tool to help manage your day-to-day -day operations and your tasks and all of that. So your needs become greater. And so you're always evolving and growing. And there's always somebody out there that just went through that or that's going through that too. And then when you go through that, you can help that person over here. Well, when I was at that level of employees, revenue, capacity, whatever that is, this is what I needed. And so there's always someone just behind you and there's always someone in front of you. And those people, I would feel like they would genuinely want to help you because they leaned on somebody else to get to that next level. So it's kind of, what is it? Pay it forward, Absolutely. pay it back, pay it forward, <laughs> pay it all around. It's so true. When Courtney and I first started Socialfly, we were introduced to this amazing woman. Her name is Carrie Kirpin. She also has a social media agency business. And she took myself and Courtney under her wing. We were in our early 20s when we first started. She was a few years ahead of us in business. And she started mentoring us and helping us and referring clients to us. So like if clients weren't the right fit for her agency, we were still new and early and she was referring clients to us. And as we had grew in our business and started mentoring other founders, like we've always just had that approach and mentality, like Carrie helped us, we pay it forward, we help everyone else. And she still helps our, our community. She actually was in our, um, we have an agency owner group in the Entrepreneurista League and she came and spoke to everyone. She um, sold her agency a little over a year and a half ago and continues to want to mentor and give back. And I think if we all have this mentality of how can we just continue to help each other and we can all learn so much from each other because even for us at Entrepreneurista, like we're in a certain stage of business right now with Entrepreneurista, we're in a different stage of business for social life. We're always still learning. And that's what's fun. I feel like if there was a point where you stop learning, then it's like, are you still enjoying the day to day? Is it still fun for you? How do you create that fun and keep that fun going? And that's just kind of continuing to give life back to your business and whatever form that is. And the things that we're talking about, you can apply that to any industry. 
you and I are in a very different industry. I'm making cookies in a kitchen. This is where I'm sitting right now. I have a mixer behind me and a 50 pound bag of flour right here next to me. I mean, it's a very different industry, but our needs are the same. We still have the same needs. And so that's the special thing is that you don't just have to go find somebody that has a cookie company to talk to them. That's great because there's certain things I'm going to need their help with on, you know, scaling recipes or whatever. But all of the rest of the advice, use your platform. I love what you've created because it's something that there's such a need for that, a safe place where you can, it's not competition. It's like we all do better by helping each other. And plus, it feels good. Doesn't yes. it feel good helping someone else? It feels so good. It is good. the best. Like, I am so jazzed. I get so excited every morning because I <laughs> just get to connect and help everyone and make intros. I had a call with one of our members today and made four intros for her on a call because she was looking for someone to help source products. She was looking for an expert in trademarking. Like, and it's like, here, here's my network. Just going to help connect you and just saved you about uh, 20 hours and uh, potentially vendors that aren't good. I already know these people are great. We always say collaboration and community over competition. We can all help each other. It's the best. So true. The yeah. best, the best. Thank you. We need more people like you. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot out there, I promise. They're yes, all in the, they're all yes. the community. All, all the, bringing all the good people in. Up next, learn the steps that Tiffany took to get into her local farmer's market and how you can too. I have farmer's market questions because... I go to a farmer's market every single week in, in our town here. I'm now in uh, I'm now in South Florida and I love going to the farmer's markets and seeing all these amazing vendors who are building these businesses. I, as a business owner, I always think about the logistics. I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone's, I'm here at eight in the morning. Everyone's getting here at 637, setting up with food businesses. You guys have to be bringing in all of the, the food and making it hot and working. I'm like, there's so much that's involved in here. And I've never sat down and asked anyone about what what are the logistics of running a farmer's market? How do you get into the farmer's market? Like, what are all the secrets if you want to get your business into a farmer's market? What should you know? <laughs> yes, you're right. Because it's coming in and seeing it. You're like, oh, this is fun. This is sweet. Look at somebody's made cookies. But like somebody had to make the cookie dough. Someone had to bake it. Someone had to get it, pack it put it in a car big enough to transport it and you have to do it quickly, right? You can't make it three days ago. So the Ballard Farmers Market is one of our biggest markets here in Washington State. It's a year-round market. It's very competitive to get into, as you can imagine, because it's where everybody goes. It's such a great year-round market. So it took me over a year to get into that market. And how I started that was simply going to the market meeting the market manager and introducing myself, bringing a few cookies, a box actually, and like, hey, I have a cookie company. These are my cookies. I would love the opportunity to be in your market. I actually did grow up. This is this is true. I grew up in Ballard. This is my community. Even if you didn't grow up there, that's okay. Use Build a story of why they should have you there, right? Figure that out for whatever makes sense for you. I live nearby or I come here all the time or whatever. And they're, oh, I'm re we're really full. It's, you know, we're in the middle of this thing called uh, the pandemic. We have a half as many vendors because we need space between each booth where normally you're sharing a wall with your neighbor. And now we have like space for an empty booth in between each. And so I just kindly and appropriately continued to like reach out. And eventually it was like, okay, why don't you come in, try a few weeks and let's see how it goes. And, you know, the first week is always people are kind of like, mm, oh, there's somebody new here and they might not try you. So don't give up. 
And then you keep coming back and now you're consistent. People try you, they love you, and they continue to come back and you become a part of their routine. So after that, we the weeks turned into months, which turned into the next year. And now we're, we've moved into a different position from, you know, in the corner of the market. Now we're kind of in the center of the market. So, you know, we're standing a little bit taller and we're proud. And we've got this incredible group community that comes and we are part of the routine. And I get to see these little kids starting to grow up. And I've only been there. It'll be two full years this summer. And so I've seen these little kids like you used to come in a stroller. Now you're walking. I mean, how cool is that? And then the other markets too, some of the smaller neighborhood markets are a little bit easier to get into. The trick could sometimes be there's another vendor doing cookies. So they're trying to be mindful of, of you know, how many bakeries, et cetera. So that's kind of logistics of how to getting into it. The morning of is a little insane. I should do like a follow me today. We're going to the market video. Yes, I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. So we get up real early, as you can imagine. We get all the cookies organized. The cookies have to be made the night before because they're all sold within like a day, but they have to fully cool so I could cover them all and like pack them all and bring them to the market so they don't steam in the in the containers. So that's kind of the logistics for that. So I've got to load up you know, we're talking 600 cookies sometimes. And so that's a lot of trays and they, the cookies all go in my car. And then uh, my colleague Jaime that works with me, he drives the massive van, which I'm terrified to drive. And in the van are all the bins, all the marketing, the tent, the sidewalls of it's snowing or raining or windy. We are out there literally in the snow some months. So it's an outdoor market through and oh, through. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Most of the farmers markets around here at least are all outdoors and you're out there on every condition. I have all the clothes. I have rain boots. I have rain pants. I have everything. And you just come prepared because you're outside all day. So you know you're not gonna go inside to warm up. That is your home for that ten that ten by ten is your home. And then you set up. So we usually get to the market around six in the morning, set everything up in the tent, get everything put out. And then there's a little coffee shop, Cafe Umbria, right? Like over there. And so we get everything set up and we go and we have a coffee for about an hour while everybody else is coming in. And then that way we don't get rushed with all the trucks. And then I go and I am ready to rock and roll for the rest of the for the rest of the market. And so it's usually me out there. I have a great team that comes and supports me at markets too. It's a ton of fun. It's great for sales, but it's also great to to market yourself and to test your concept as well. So for those people that are looking to test a proof of concept for an ingredient or jewelry or whatever, and it makes sense to sell it at a market. It's a great way and a low cost way to go out there and see what people say, get feedback. And that's where you could do your survey too. Yes. So it's a great place for that proof of concept right there at the market. What does it typically cost to get into a market? So some markets are like a flat rate, like you pay, some of them are like $40, some are $80, but it's actually very inexpensive. And this is the Seattle market. So I can't speak to everything nationwide. And then some markets like Ballard are 9% of your sales. Oh, wow. So that, I mean, you're, you know, you're giving away a pretty good amount there. And then you're giving away a percentage of sales for your credit card too. But after all of that, you're making good revenue and you are um, marketing. I mean, that's, Marketing is everything, right? Coming up, you'll hear all about Tiffany's organic marketing strategy. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about marketing. Tell me about your marketing strategy when you first launched the business and how has it evolved over the past three years? My original background is corporate marketing. So I actually went to culinary school and switched careers later in my, in my life. 
So for me, it's always brand forward. My logo is on everything. When I hand somebody a bag, the logo is facing them. We have shirts with our logo on it. We have the poster behind me. It has everything on where you can find us, how you can find us online. Yes, we ship. Yes, we do this. Yes, we do that. So marketing is everything and put it in front of people. That logo specifically, it's I call it impressions. You want to make enough impressions, enough time that people start to recognize that logo. I'm at a place now where I'll go places and I'll wear my sweatshirt and people are like, oh, I've had those cookies. Like, oh, really? Are you like, I'm Tiffany? (laughs) I know. I'm Tiffany, by the way. Nice to meet you. And so it's get your logo in front of people. And so when you're thinking about your logo, make a logo that's not too complicated, that has enough depth to it and structure to it. And you can see the name so that people see that they can read it from afar. You could put it on a sticker, you could put it on a bag, put it on a t-shirt, you could put it on a poster, put it everywhere. Get that in front of people wherever you can. I should be wearing my pin right now. Turn it. Um, <laughs> so there are little pins you can buy and put it on like any and any time shirt, coat, whatever. So marketing forward, there are some great resources out there too, like Canva, where you can create your own marketing flyer and feel like you're a professional designer. That's what I do. I'm like, oh, I'm so good at this. But there's so many amazing tools, back to your question on tools, that you can use to create show-stopping marketing that will leave a lasting impression while also communicating to people who you are, what you do, and how you can help them. Because as a consumer, I just want to know, how can you help me? Can you feed me? Can you offer me a service I can't have? Like, how can you help me? Honestly, that's what a lot of people, that's how you are attracted to a brand is, how is this brand going to help me or my community? And that's how they engage with you. And then the rest is just they buy in because they love your product and your service. Yes. Well, if you make a good product, they will come back. I'm looking at your logo right now. I pulled it up as we're talking and I love it. It's very memorable. And you know what the business is just by looking at it. I would love to know when you were coming up with the name, how did you decide to incorporate your name and yourself as part of the brand? Was it a thought, should I do this? Should I not do this? How did you make that decision? It's a great question. And that's a lot of sleepless nights trying to figure that out. Cookies by Tiffany, Tiffany's cookies, all the iterations. For me, I I genuinely started this business because of the pandemic and a need for bringing people together through cookies, the nostalgia and comfort of a cookie. So when you think about cookies by Tiffany, it's my cookies that I'm giving to you. It's very like, it's not a genuine with. So when I say cookies with Tiffany, it's all about creating community through cookies. So we're coming together and sharing a cookie together. So cookies with Tiffany, it's encouraging you to go share a cookie with somebody else. Mm. And since we ship, you could ship anywhere and you could be on Zoom or whatever platform you're on and you could sit there and each have cookies and have a conversation. So the, the name has to really speak to, I think, your mission and your purpose and who you are and what you're doing, right? We've got cookies in the name. I am a big part of the company. Tiffany is. So I've got Tiffany in there. And with is everything. It's community. It's people coming together. It's nostalgic. It's love. It's joy. It's cheer. So in three words, I've been able to capture every essence of my brand. What we're doing, who the brand, like cookies, Tiffany, right? Tiffany's the brand. And then the with part is let's come together. 
with a cookie in hand. So that's really special for me. And I'm very purposeful about that with, and I make sure that that is, is communicated because it's true. It's, there's a genuine reason behind the business. And I think anyone that starts a business like yourself, you have this desire to bring people together and to help people tell their story. That's genuine. You're doing that because you have, you want to help people. And I think that's what the most successful businesses do something that's very genuine driven, purposeful driven, and, and the rest will speak for itself. If, if you, if you lead with that purpose and that genuineness, then the rest will just naturally fall into place. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Tiffany, tell me about some of those early marketing strategies when it was the day to officially launch. What did you do? (laughs) I didn't sleep. I had (laughs) several coffees. You know, the day was about to launch. I surrounded myself with my friends and my family and I got them on my, my team, my cheer squad. And I went on Instagram and I talked and I shared and I brought people with me. I gave out a lot of free cookies. I went around to businesses, the school where I went to school. I went to uh, the farmer's market, like I said, and met the people there. I went to hospitals. I went to, I went all over giving out cookies. So my marketing strategy was really to get my cookies out into the community and people's hands. And sure, that costs me something to do that. But the return on that, you can't put a price point to that. And so that was, I think, the biggest strategy in the beginning, which is getting my cookie in hands and mouth. That's the strategy, right? That's that's something I can control. I can do that myself. I don't need to hire anyone to help with that. I can do that all on my own. So that's the biggest strategy that I got started. And another marketing strategy was just getting started, right? Like you got to, you got to just start. You got to turn your website on. You have to put it online. You got to like, let it make it visible, You've got to get your Instagram set up and live. You've got so those are the biggest kind of marketing strategies in the beginning is just turning things live and starting to communicate that. I also started a newsletter. And so in the beginning, it's kind of tricky because like, who do I put on my newsletter? Okay, my mom, my dad, oh, a brother and a sister. Oh, and now they're married. So that's plus ones. Great. You know, you kind of like, you know, who did I go to school with? Who's my friend on Facebook? So you kind of like push things out. And then it grows over time. And also on Facebook too and Instagram, you can go out and message all of your friends as well and say, hey, I'm starting this. And again, back to asking for help. You're like, hey, is there any way you can like help me promote and share with your friends? People did that. And all I had to do was ask because they believed in me and my product. Maybe they had maybe not even tried the cookies yet, but they love what I was doing. So don't be afraid to ask your community to help spread the word because that's like your, what's it called? The street team. That's oh, like yeah. your marketing street team are yes. your people. That's your crew. They're behind you, like cheering you on and lifting you up when no one else knows who you are yet. So don't be afraid to kind of lean on your community because again, like they just want to know how they can help. Absolutely. So just ask the question. Yeah, that is the theme. It's if you need something or you want something, you have to reach out and ask because people aren't mind readers. People aren't just going to do something uh, because they uh, somehow think you might want something. You have to ask. So love, yes. love that advice. Ask the question. Exactly. Tiffany, what is the craziest thing that has happened to you since starting your business? Oh, good way, bad way. I mean, tell me all the crazy things. <laughs> all the crazy things. Let's see. I'm trying to think. I mean, to be honest, I wish I had like a really crazy story for you because I feel like that would be really impactful. Um, I think some of the crazy stories for me would be right in the very beginning. 
again, asking the question, I reached out to the Puget Sound Business Journal and I was like, I don't know if there's any chance I'm going to get this press. And I literally called Patty Payne and she answered. And I said, hi, I'm Tiffany. And I had this business and she was busy and like, okay, well, give me like 20 seconds. What's your story? And I, and I just said it. And the craziest thing was that she was like, I really like this. This is actually a really good story. I'm really busy right now, but let's call each other and we'll talk another time. And it took a couple months for that to happen, but we had a full page spread on page two or three in the Puget Sound Business Journal. And it (laughs) was amazing. So the craziest thing there was that I got the nerve to pick up the phone and call her and she actually answered. So lesson learned there, if you really want to get into a magazine or whatever, there's often like the publisher, the writer, and they have an email, email them, call them. Like the craziest thing could be that they actually call you back. So that I still remember that moment. That's an awesome story. Yeah, it's a fun story. And I, you know, and we kind of keep in touch. And now we're like, can we do a story of like, here's where we've been in the last two and a half years. Some other ones were like unexpectedly, unexpectedly being on the cover of a local uh, newspaper and only knowing that when I walked by the newsstand and there was my face. So that was pretty crazy. And that's in the community I live. So like all my friends are like, your face is on the cover, like on the top folds. You see it walking by. So that was fun. I know. I wish I had something else to share, but I think those are pretty crazy stories. Those are. Those are amazing. Yeah, jazzed about it when I tell that story because that was cool. (laughs) How did it feel like seeing yourself walking by? You see yourself on a magazine or in the newspaper knowing only a year or two prior you had just lost your job and didn't know what you were going to do. And now here you are growing and scaling this successful, amazing company that brings you and people joy. Surreal. It's surreal. But also, I am so proud of myself. And I don't, sometimes I think people are proud of other people, but be proud of yourself. Like you got here, you did this, like you put in the work. I I don't have a big social life sometimes because farmer's markets are on weekends, right? They're early in the morning. So when I have to leave something at eight o'clock at night, I have to go to bed. It's hard having that. There are sacrifices, but there's so much gain and there's so much benefit and you start to bring a team on to support you and you get to see that, right? So I think when I see that, like we're on a a local Fox Studio 13 every single month doing a cooking demo. So we're going to be back on next month on June 6th and doing a show with a very special person. So I can't dish on that yet. But anyway, so I see that and I see myself on television. I'm like, that is so cool. That's so awesome. That's so amazing. Like, good for you. You know, I'm so proud of you. But it makes me like so proud that I like you said in the very beginning, you got started. I'm so proud of myself for taking an opportunity, which at the time felt very sad. And oh, poor me, I lost my job. I love my job. And I took that opportunity to make something incredible out of it. And if I still had had that job, I wouldn't be doing this. And look where I am now. I'm so proud of myself for believing enough in myself to take that chance and risk in myself. Calculated, although, right? Always calculated risk. And it's just exciting to see where the potential is and where we're going to go from here. We've made great strides in the last almost three years. And, and this is just the beginning and we're just getting started. And I cannot wait to continue to tell our story and to be able to get our cookies in front of more hands all across the country. 
Well, I am so excited to try them. So I will definitely be ordering the cookies. They look amazing. And I definitely need those in my hands immediately. You do. (laughs) Tiffany, what does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? Being an entrepreneurista to me means believing enough in something and yourself that you go out and you make it happen on your own. And I'm not saying on your own because you've got a community around you, but you believe enough in yourself and your product that you go out and you're willing to stand behind something and be the fourth, the, the front of this company or this thing or whatever this product is. So that, that to me is everything is that you are out there, you're a leader, you're a maker, you're a communicator, and you're part of another community, a bigger community of other entrepreneurs that are also out there hustling their business with passion and care and love and genuine joy. And that to me is not everybody wants to do that, right? But to me, that is everything to be able to like believe so much in yourself and that product that you're willing to go out there, put yourself out there with that product and say, here, try my cookies. That's vulnerable. That makes you a little bit vulnerable doing that, right? Because you don't know how they're going to respond. But to me, that's everything. Absolutely. I love that. Tiffany, where can everyone find you, follow you? And if they would like to indulge and order your delicious cookies, where should they head over to do so? Yes. So online, cookieswithtiffany.com. We have a adorable cookie bake shop in Madrona neighborhood, which is in Seattle and Cookies with Tiffany. You can also find us at Farmer's Markets. So this summer, we're in Ballard, Mercer Island, Issaquah, and Bellevue Farmer's Markets, and that list is growing. We do pop-ups all over town, and we're looking forward to potentially doing a little road tour with our cookies. So we also ship nationally. So if you want to ship yourself or your friend, there's always a reason to ship, give, and receive cookies. So you can find us online, Cookies with Tiffany, to place that shipping order. And you can also email me directly. I love talking to my community, Tiffany at cookieswithtiffany.com. And don't forget to check us on Instagram, cookieswithtiffany on Instagram. We cannot wait to get our cookies in your hands. And especially, I'm so excited to send you some cookies. Now you have to figure out what cookies you want. So go on our website, okay? Oh my gosh. I am so excited to try my mouth is literally watering looking at the like melted chocolate uh, on top of these cookies on your homepage here. So Uh I I love it. So excited to try. And for all of our listeners, we're linking out to all of those links that Tiffany just shared in the show notes below. So go on over and click through and order for yourself and, and gifts for your friends. Like you said, there's always a, there's always a gift to give. So make it a cookie. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for having us today. Tiffany, thank you so much for being here, sharing your incredible story, all of your learning lessons. It is so incredible what you have accomplished in such a short amount of time and excited to continue to follow along, see everything that you accomplish and excited to have you in our Entreprenista community now. So thank you again for being here. I'm Stephanie, and this is the best business meeting I've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entreprenista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entreprenistas. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entreprenista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to entreprenista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead.